Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 8. We're actually going to read a bit more of the story than I had initially intended today. Um, So we're going to start in uh, verse 4, and we're going to go through verse 24 uh, in chapter 8 of the book of Acts today. Let's pray as we prepare to hear God's word. Lord, open our minds and our hearts to the movement and prompting of your Holy Spirit, that we might understand what it is that you are saying to us today, and that our hearts might be transformed into the likeness of your love. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who is the Word made flesh. Amen. Hear this word. Now those who were scattered went from place to place proclaiming the word. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah to them. The crowds with one accord listened eagerly to what was said by Philip, hearing and seeing the signs that he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud streaks came out of many who were possessed, and many others who were paralyzed or lame were cured. So there was great joy in that city. Now a certain man named Simon had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he was someone great. All of them, from the least to the greatest, listened to him eagerly, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. And they listened eagerly to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when, he believed, when they believed Philip, who was proclaiming the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he stayed constantly with Philip and was amazed when he saw the signs and great miracles that took place. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, They sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet the Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was giving through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power so that anyone on whom I lay hands... May receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain God's gift with money. You have no part or share in this, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and the chains of wickedness. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may happen to me. Now after Peter and John had testified and spoken the words of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, proclaiming the good news to many villages of the Samaritans. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts find acceptance in your sight, Almighty Father. For it is you who are our strength, and you who are our Redeemer. Amen. So the Samaritans of all people have heard the gospel and come to believe. If you've spent any time in church, you've likely heard of the Samaritans. The Samaritans are those people who are from the lost ten tribes of Israel. 
Uh, when the, the northern tribes were conquered, many folks stayed in the area, but they intermarried with other people. And the, the two tribes, Benjamin and Judah, that remained in the southern kingdom, did no longer acknowledge the, them as a part of the people of Israel. To be a Samaritan was to be, in some sense, a half-breed. You weren't really an Israelite. You weren't really a Gentile. You were stuck somewhere in between but you certainly didn't belong with those who lived in Jerusalem and worshipped in the temple there and were faithful in their mind to the law and the teaching of Moses. And now as the, the gospel has spread, as the early church begins to do its work, it's been a surprising thing that not only those who are in the, the purest form of Israel as those who lived in Jerusalem would have identified it, are coming to believe in Jesus. Jesus has already modeled this. We've seen it with the woman at the well in Samaria where she's one of the first people to, to become a believer in Jesus and to go and spread the word, to preach to others that she has met a man who is certainly could be the Messiah who's brought living water to them at Jacob's well. But in this text, there's even more than that happening as Philip preaches to the Samaritans. As Philip preaches, we learn something about the nature of the gospel itself. So Philip is there preaching, and he's having tremendous success. Everyone in town is listening to him, so much so that he has overshadowed the local celebrity, Simon the Magician. Everybody liked Simon because he could do incredible things, whether by um, by fooling them or, or pretending to have some kind of power. But they thought that Simon was a servant of the God they call great. They thought Simon was everything that they could hope for. And Philip comes in and he offers them the power of Jesus. As he teaches them, they receive it. And as he casts out demons, they see the power that is present in him. And more and more and more people are getting baptized in the name of Jesus. And this is beautiful. It's exciting that so many people are coming to know and to trust and to have saving faith in Jesus. So much so that others of the apostles, the, the big names, decide they need to go to Samaria too and get get to participate in this revival that's happening. And so Peter and John go too, and they realize that something is missing. Now, I don't see these commercials as, as much as I did when I was a kid, but there used to be all kinds of uh, infomercials on television that they would, they would talk about how great the product was. The, the one I remember most clearly is the OxyClean guy. Do y'all remember him? And he, he would show you how clean and white the garments could get. And he'd show you all of the cleaning power of the stuff. And then he'd say, but wait, there's more. There's more. But wait, there's more. And this is what Peter and John show up to say to the people in Samaria. And it's a lesson that we as a church should pay attention to also. There's more. It's not that believing in Jesus and having demons cast out and being baptized is somehow not a good thing. It is a glorious thing. But there are Christians, and I'm sure you know them, 
that see those simple actions as all that they need. Some people have called it a get-out-of-hell-free card. You, you get your salvation, and you get to go on about life as you wanted otherwise. You don't need to be transformed. You don't need to be any kind of different. You don't need to redirect your life towards the purposes of God. Just believe in Jesus and be baptized, and you've got what you need. But as, 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 uh, as John and Peter come, they see that there's more that needs to happen. Because after Jesus died and ascended into heaven, Jesus told them to wait. He told them to wait in Jerusalem until the Advocate, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit came to them, and then they could go and do the work. And that's what happened at Pentecost, just a few chapters earlier in Acts. We'll talk about that story when Pentecost comes around in a couple of months. But for now, we should pay attention to what Peter and John are paying attention to. There's more. These Samaritans have received Jesus. They have believed in the word that that Philip has offered to them. They've been baptized in the name of Jesus. They have trusted the evangelist that's come to preach to them. But they don't know the Holy Spirit. They don't yet know the power of God working in them and through them. They have saving faith, but they don't yet know the Holy Spirit. And so these two, they they start laying hands on people and praying for them, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them in a mighty, mighty way. There is life, abundant, eternal life, driven by mission that comes after a profession of faith in Christ. And it's not something that we do on our own. It's not something that we muster from within ourselves. It, like our salvation, is a gift. The Holy Spirit works in us, and the Holy Spirit works through us to do amazing things. All of this is is so amazing to Simon the magician that he sees a new career for himself in this. He no longer is the person who can do the greatest signs, perform the greatest wonders, and get all of the attention to be seen as a servant of the God called great. And so now he says, maybe I can get in on this action. And so he goes to Peter and to John, and he, and he says, hey, I, I, I'm fairly wealthy. Surely you can be bought. Surely this gift of giving the Holy Spirit to other people can be purchased Let me join you in this. I'll be an investor in your startup company. Just let me get in on the ground floor here, guys. And they say, we don't want your silver. In fact, we hope it dies with you. May it perish with you, is what they say. Now, I won't often make blanket statements about which preachers you should trust and not. But if a preacher is saying no to your money, they're probably worth paying attention to. If they don't want your money, you should probably listen up. 
Because they're not in this to get rich. They are in this that the world might come to know the power of God. The power of God that can't be bought and it can't be sold, but it can transform lives and can give them the courage to speak the truth even to this wealthy man where they say, you're not, you're not all the way in and you need to repent of what you've done and turn from the wickedness that you have participated in. And Simon responds again with faith. Pray for me to the Lord that what you've said may not happen to me. And then Peter and John go throughout all of the communities of Samaria, continuing to offer the gospel and the Holy Spirit to those who will have it. This is a beautiful story because it tells us that there is more than just seeking God as some way to avoid hell. That Jesus has come, that Jesus has died, that Jesus is risen, that Jesus will come again, and in the meantime, the power of God is at work in the church, transforming lives and letting the church be the body of Christ continuing in his mission. Today is baptism of the Lord Sunday. Normally we would preach about Jesus' baptism, but Jones preached a wonderful sermon for y'all a couple weeks ago on Jesus' baptism. So I thought we'd focus on this text instead. But at Jesus' baptism, one of the key things that happens is the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus like a dove. The Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus and empowers Jesus' ministry that follows after that. We believe that this happens at baptism. We not only impose water, but we pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit and lay hands on the person who's baptized. And we do it again at confirmation. If if someone is baptized as a baby and they come back for confirmation, we lay hands on them again and we pray that the Holy Spirit would empower them to live faithful lives. Faithful meaning pleasing to God and faithful meaning in service to the world as Christ himself has come in service to the world. This is what we do. We seek the care and the power of the Holy Spirit to sustain us all the way through. You might wonder what's at stake in all of this for the gospel. But this tells us something about who the gospel is for, Already we see the the boundaries of who is included and the people of God being expanded by the nature of the gospel that those who are truly Israelites, those who who lived in Galilee or, or those who lived in Jerusalem, the disciples of Jesus are now spreading the message to an unexpected place. And that trajectory is going to continue even to include Gentiles later. Who's included? Everyone. And also, what is the gospel for? The gospel is for the salvation of people, for the transformation of relationships, for the establishment of a community that exists as God's body doing Jesus' mission in the world. And we see that it's a a matter of teamwork. Philip doesn't do anything wrong 
as he preaches, he offers them the unmitigated truth of Jesus. But when Peter and John show up, they get a little bit more of the story, and they receive the Holy Spirit. And what it looks like for us as a church to live in the power of the Holy Spirit that cannot be bought and it cannot be sold, not not for any amount of money, is that faithfulness abounds. God leads us into a life of faithfulness. Whoever we are, wherever we started, however broken we are, or whatever kinds of tricks we've pulled in the past, we are invited to submit ourselves to Jesus. The greatest and the least of the people in Samaria, all of them were coming. It didn't matter how wealthy they were. It didn't matter how prominent they were or how forgotten they were. They were coming to hear the gospel. And I hope that that's what you long for today. And in all of this, there is an invitation. If you've not been baptized into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, there's no better time. Let's do it soon. And if you have been baptized and you've been living as if that's all that there is, then receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that can enliven you, that can animate you. The Latin word for spirit is animus. It brings life to us. It renews our life that we may offer our lives in service to others. Come and believe in Jesus, but wait There's more. The Holy Spirit is with us even now, sustaining us and strengthening us and giving us what we need to serve the Lord in faithfulness and to avoid all sin and distraction and idolatry and live lives that are pleasing to God. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we ask that your Spirit Your spirit that brings great power. Your spirit that cannot be controlled. Your spirit that will not be manipulated into making us wealthy. Your spirit that cannot be bought. Send it upon us. That we might lose control. As we submit ourselves to you and to your power. As we acknowledge our vulnerability as we seek the power of your love. Equip us by your Spirit. Give us the gifts that we need to do your ministry in the world, we pray. This we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, in the fellowship of your Holy Spirit, these two who reign with you as one God, both now and forever. Let the church say, Amen.